Hi, Paris. Hello, Celine. <laughs> what time is it for you right now? It is 11, 12 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading all day. <laughs> I guess I'm a slower reader than I thought, or maybe it's just because I've been working a lot and I have had a lot of things go on, but I haven't been, um, uh, I haven't been as quick to finish this book as I would have hoped. Not because I didn't like it. I did like it. I liked it a lot. But I just, I feel, <laughs> I'm sorry we're, we're recording so late. It's really, yeah, like, I, I mean, my eyes are still kind of starting to burn and it's only nine here. But um, this is what we yeah. do for you guys, okay? It, Dude, this book's almost 800 pages long. It took She's me the whole thick. week. It took me the, since <laughs> Tuesday when I got it to to really, I finished it. God, did I finish it this morning, I think? Mm. Uh, I could have finished it sooner, but I just, like, I did, like, it, it, I don't know. It felt right. The way I did it felt right. It feels like mm-hmm. it should take longer. I don't know how people were like, yeah, I, I changed my my IP address and got it at, on UK time, and then I did an all-nighter. I don't know how people are doing that, because <laughs> Why? fuck dude um <laughs> but we're trying to meet this deadline of monday yeah so we can have think- an episode for you guys <laughs> i also do this like wretched thing to myself where i go "Ooh, so good and i'll just like read again i think you do that too oh my right? god are you kidding me yes <laughs> i reread half of this book probably i feel like we've i feel i think we've talked about this the other day where i will it maybe it'll you know a scene or a word or a line and I'll be like oh and instead of continuing through instead of writing the momentum I stop I fucking edge myself when I'm reading I stop <laughs> and then I go back and I restart the paragraph or the page yeah. and then I go back <laughs> and, and and then I read through that spot and then I stop oh my god and then I fucking reread I don't know why <laughs> I can't just allow myself because it's so fucking good I don't it's want it so to be juicy. Over. it's so, what are we talking about today, Paris? Well, on this very special episode of Fantasy Time, we are talking about A Court of Silver Flames beow, by beow, Sarah J. Maas. It's so long. Yes, it's the newest book to come out by Sarah J. Mass. I'm sorry. I know that I've been saying her name incorrectly my whole life. I'm going to try to make a change out of respect because (laughs) damn, she's a good author. Holy fuck, she's a good author. She's so, she's so good. This is the most recent Sarah J. Mass book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series, Mm -hmm. um, which we just love so much. And we've been waiting for this book to come out it feels like for years <laughs> this book i mean these books are the cornerstone of our friendship really um that yeah. and you know, <laughs> academic theater um but yeah these these are the books the, the, this this series is our glue baby it's our glue yeah. um so yeah we've been waiting for a fucking long time to be able to read this story and man, was I not disappointed. Yeah, it did not disappoint. <laughs> it was worth the wait. I, yeah. my toes curl just thinking about some of the things. Yes. Like just, and ugh. I, 
I would just like to say, I did say earlier, this book is like 800 pages long, but I enjoyed every single page. Like I, I was not at, at any point like, oh, this book is so long. Like, yeah, it's a no. long book, but like I was so entertained and so in the moment throughout the whole book. I really liked it a lot. I agree. I felt the same way. I mean, there were there were times where I was like, oh, Sarah, classic Sarah, where just my own um, storytelling preferences, where I was like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah, I got to read this. But it wasn't, it never felt like the book dragged. The book never dragged no. for me. Um, no. And if it did, it was like a sentence that I was just had to reread over and over and over again because um, either I was just I couldn't stop reading it. I didn't want to read any <laughs> other sentence than the sentence I was reading or I had a thought going on in my head and I was talking to myself in my head rather than actually reading. So um, but that's with any book. <laughs> so, so we know that not everyone has read the book yet. Not everyone even has the book yet. Yeah. And so we thought it was equally important to get 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 our content out there, but also we are respectful of everyone who needs spoiler-free content. And we want to provide that for you, especially since we ourselves were victims of uh, shipping <laughs> deadlines fucking us in the asshole um yeah severely so um yeah this is gonna be a spoiler free episode you won't hear the spoiler <laughs> song unfortunately because uh, there won't be any need to i mean you know if there is yeah. something that slips then we'll throw it in there but really this is for anyone who hasn't read it yet who already has read it and just wants every bit of juice that they can get out of this book and you want to talk every drop every fucking drop we are just squeezing the titty milk out of this <laughs> this book so if you want to be a part of everything but you haven't read the book yet this is a safe space <laughs> having said that is it fantasy time oh i think it's fantasy time fuck yeah do you like boys with wings or maybe horns or tails maybe you're into scales perhaps you want to be the lizard queen do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters like maybe vampires? Do werewolves make you cream? Uh, then welcome to our podcast. This is the place for you. Freaks and geeks are welcome, and weebs will take you too. Fantasy time starts now. Set sail to a land of books and joy and big dicks. Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. Holy shit. Wow. The fifth, the fifth book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series. It's the story of Nesta, the eldest Archeron's sister, and her journey to redemption after being a cunt for the first four books. <laughs> really? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, she was written that way on, on purpose. That is, yeah. you know. We're not supposed to like Nesta when we first meet her because she is the fucking worst. Yeah, she's a total kind of piece of shit. And she knows that, which is, yeah, it reinforces her shittiness. And I get that on a deep, personal, spiritual level. I understand. <laughs> I get it. 
So, you know, feeling like a piece of shit, it just makes you even more of a piece of shit sometimes. But this book is about overcoming that. It's the pow- It's about the power of love, the power of big dicks, the power of meditation and yes. exercise. And, and self-forgiveness oh. and self-awareness. Redemption and learning to love your flaws. That's right. It's about accepting all that life has to offer and knowing that you are worthy of love and all of the bad things we experience just help highlight the good things. And also dicks. Also dicks. I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> it's about giant cocks, okay? And giant winged men and their giant oh cocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it really gives anything away. If you, I mean, it's not really a spoiler because if you've read the other books, you you knew you were anticipating seeing a dick. Um, <laughs> if you have followed any of the hype around this book, you know. I mean, it's it's on the back flap. It's about Nesta and Cassian and their sexual yes. connection and their their yes. their their angst, their um, chemistry, and how they're going to help. One another, um, one another, one another, one another, um, through sexual healing, really. Yeah, and, and the word cock. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the word cock. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many times. Oh, my God. Dude, okay, I I'm can't. sorry. We're getting ahead Ooh. of ourselves. Yeah, that's for next episode. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. the next episode is going to be... You know, I, I will say... I, I don't I, see nothing wrong. With a little puppy. With a little puppy. That's I, the next one, though, not this one. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I will say that this... The intro to this book, which is um, basically like the ending outro scene in um, Frost and Starlight... Like, mm-hmm. this book begins right where the, like, last bit Starlight. of Frost and Starlight left, um, off. left off. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> Nesta is, she is in a downward spiral, okay? She's survived the war uh, with Highburn, but she is, like, she is deep in the She's self-destructive doo-doo. Mad PTSD. Mad PTSD. This bitch can't even take a bath without getting triggered. She's fucking all sorts of dudes. She's getting wasted in bars and putting the money, like putting the all her shit on her sister's tab. Like it's the self-loathing, the um, the drowning is real. But it made me think of um, it gave me like the strong energy of that meme where it's like the old ladies auditioning for a movie and one of them's like, I came here for two things, to suck some hard candy and suck some dicks. And I feel like that's, <laughs> that's the energy that we get from Nessa right off the bat. And I'm just here for it. Yeah. <sighs> Nesta isn't really a delicate character. No. She she kind of is like balls to the walls in everything that she yes. does. Balls, real balls. Real, real balls. You guys, there was real actual ball slapping in this book. Like described <laughs> ball slapping. Like I just, I, 
Okay, ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it. Okay. Um, so yeah. I'm sorry. We're just, we're, we're, as you can tell, we're really excited to talk about that because um, it is a big part of this book. But there are other things other than the ball slapping. I really, you know, put this book on your priority list. Please take care of all of the things that you need to first. Um, you know, school, any projects that you're wrapping up, children that you may have, you know, make sure those things are taken care of. Because once you start, it will be very hard to stop. And yes. you won't want to be distracted, especially during the first 300 pages. You won't, you know, you'll need that time. So make sure you block <laughs> that out for yourself. Pencil it into your schedule. Pencil it in. Make time. Schedule. You know, there's nothing wrong with scheduling sex. There's nothing wrong. In fact, it's necessary. Um, and it's necessary for this book. It's necessary. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, so the book, it is about Nesta's journey. Yes. Um, Yeah. The Night Court, they've had enough. They've had enough with her bullshit, and so they send her off to train with Cassian. And that thus begins her 12-step program. Or her 1,000-step program, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Um... Yeah, there's really, I don't know, I don't really have anything else to say um, as far as summary goes, because we can Because we don't want to give away a lot of it, because there are, I mean, like we said earlier, there are a lot of people who still haven't received the books, like, people in Texas have not been able to get their books due to the giant right. fucking snowstorm. people and in Texas are dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's just, the disorganization there is horrible. Not with, like, the books not getting to them, but just their, like, state. Um, yeah. And Sorry, our government ripped to uh, Texas yeah. right now. Thoughts and prayers. It's, it's not good. Um, but yeah, so they haven't been able to receive their books. But there's like also a lot of other people like us who, Fallon, you ordered our books um, with a live talk, which we got to attend. That was nice, but it wasn't actually live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to bring that up. So we um, there. If you've been following the release of this book, you know that there have been tons of pre-order specials with private, uh, smaller booksellers, with um, big corporate booksellers, with you know signed copies, signed book plates, special editions, um, excerpts from Azrael, excerpts from Feyre, all that shit. And so I, uh, I tried to get some of them, and I was not successful until the LA Live Talks um, had an offer where you could buy a ticket for the live interview with Sarah J. Mass. And also with your ticket, you would get a special edition of like a special tour edition of the book. And so I thought, well, since it's quarantine and if, if we had not been in the middle of a pandemic and it had just been a normal year, we would have gone to that fucking tour. I know in my heart. You know, oh yeah, like we would we, have had our books signed. Signed, by we just Sarah. weeping in her face. Well, and... because here's the deal: I live in Pennsylvania, and Sarah J. Moss also lives in Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that I would get to go to like a special book signing by her, because I knew that I would be living in Pennsylvania at the time that this book was going to be released. Yeah. But the coronavirus happened, and so she's not doing book 
tours. I mean, rightfully so. Wouldn't make sense to do them, um, which is sad because if if that were not the case, you and I would be fucking camped out in line yeah. to go get our books signed. Yeah, you exactly. would come here and we would go. With all the other weeping nerds, we would have been having debates and, you know, camping out around a building, outside Fact-checking of, each other. Oh, my God. Yeah, comparing <laughs> fan art. Um, like, it would have been nuts. But we couldn't do that. And so I figured this that would... Buying those tickets, getting those special edition, edition books, that was my way of making this special for us it, it's already yeah. special but doing something doing something extra and exciting in and it was quarantine. your wonderful christmas gift to me which it was, was so sweet christmas gift so that was what we did now it sounds super awesome and i feel like if i hadn't done that i would have been longing i would have felt left out i would have felt like I was missing out on on some cool thing if I had you know not made it in time to purchase any of those special editions. But don't mm-hmm. worry, folks, because you are not missing out. <laughs> we actually got kind of fucked by that situation. Um, yeah, they fucked us, and not in the way that you want to get fucked. Not no. like in this book. No, no, no. We did not. <laughs> so, like Paris said. We didn't, we didn't receive the books that we ordered. In fact, we, they haven't even been shipped yet. Yeah. So we're We went waiting. out and we bought our books. I bought mine from Barnes & Noble. Where did you get I yours? I bought mine from Barnes & Noble. I called the day before yeah. and they put a copy, or a couple, a couple days before, and they put a copy on hold for me. And I yeah. walked in like when they opened to Barnes & Noble, um, just like you did. And so we yeah. had to go get physical copies of the book. <laughs> and we still have our special edition books coming. Um, yeah. And so we're like, okay, well, we have the live t- again, we have the live talk. We have an interview, which is awesome because um, we love Sarah. You know, we, we want to see yes, her. Yes, we support her. We want to see her. We want to listen to what she has to say. Right. And so we blocked out time to sit down and watch this live talk and we're watching it and there's a little chat on the sidebar (laughs) chat's going wild but i'm reading the chat and people are saying oh man too bad this isn't live and i'm thinking we're like what what the fuck because it's supposed to be live right la live talks yeah and but you can see there's a window behind sarah and it's light outside Presumably, and you live in the same state yeah, as her. If she's in Pennsylvania, which was where she probably was because she is not touring, so I'm assuming she's at home, and it's light outside, and it was not light outside <laughs> while when I was watching, watching it, this when live it was talk. Live. Yeah, and it at says 8 on the PM. screen at 8 p.m. And it said on the screen that it was live. Like it had the little like live red little dot. So that was, I was like, man, strike Rude. two, LA Live Talks. What do you, you lied to me about it being, li- like, we would have been there. We would have been there at the time that you recorded this. And maybe it's a technical thing. Like, they wanted it to be streamlined. They wanted it to look good and not worry about technical difficulties. Maybe, you know, it's something that they do for guests so they don't have to feel stressed out or anxious about a live. But, I mean, Sarah's done plenty of lives on Instagram and there yeah. wasn't a problem. So I On don't... her, like, phone. On her, like, yeah. iPhone. And she's super just gracious and adorable and sweet and no one's going to fault her for, like, you know, being a 
guest during a live interview online. Like, that's not an issue. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but then we started watching the interview, and the interviewer, who was this very <laughs> nice lady, um, was, you know, she, she doomed herself right off the bat by saying that she is the number one Sarah J. Mass fan. Sarah, I am your number one fan. Oh, I just just want to say that I am the number one fan. And Fallon and I are like, bitch, no you're not. Don't even lie. The third lie. Okay, three strikes. <laughs> Live talks, three strikes. She was not the number one fan. Because she's <laughs> out here asking stupid fucking questions that we doesn't already know. We already doesn't know. Doesn't even the know. She don't even know Elaine's name. <laughs> Calls her that the other sister. <sighs> what? You don't know. You don't know, girl. You don't know. And part of me was thinking, well, maybe she's trying to be um, conscious of the people who aren't familiar, and so she's not. She doesn't want to assume. Um, that everyone knows Elaine. So maybe she referred to Elaine as the third sister, you know, to help along other people. But I'm like, girl, we done each paid $60 a piece for these yeah. fucking tickets. So also, we know. This is we know. The fifth book in the series. Like, <laughs> it's not a brand new series. It's not a brand new book. Like, we've all read the other ones yeah. to get to this one. Yeah. So we know. And if you're that dedicated that you buy a special tour edition and buy, you know, a ticket to watch this live stream, yep. you're obviously someone who has read the other books. Right. And if you're not, if you haven't read the other books, then, like, I'm sorry, but, like, we know how minorities are treated in the United States, friend. Like, get to the back of the line. You got to figure it out. You got to catch up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no grace for you, kiddo. So, that it was... Um, this is all to say that we had had these live experiences, and I do not regret it one bit because I would have been longing otherwise. But if you are feeling left out, if you're feeling worried that you missed out on some of these opportunities, don't worry about it. They weren't as good as the book. <laughs> yeah, the book is amazing. The book is amazing, and it's worth the wait. Hang in there, little tomato. Little tomato. That's a Hang song in by there. Pink Martini. Um, Hang I in can't, there, little tomato. Yeah, it's a really cute little song, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, if you are, so if you're interested in listening to like Sarah J. Mass live, I wouldn't really worry about purchasing a ticket or finding a recording of the LA Live talk. You can just go to Instagram. Um, she posts them on her Instagram and also on um, at Ideally Inspired Reviews. They do a lot of awesome one-on-one -on -one interviews with Sarah and her husband, Josh. They're so charming, so cute, so sweet. And I feel like they offer that closeness, that insight into Sarah that we all want and yearn for because we love her and we obsess over her. So definitely would recommend the um, live talks at Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram because they're fucking free too. So don't worry about it. Don't do what we did. Yeah. Yeah. But do read this book. Do read this book. <sighs> do yourself I do, a favor. Do yourself a favor. I do have some spoiler-free comments about this book, yes, I will say. Please share. Yes, yes. D to start off, we, early on in our podcast, we addressed the five pillars 
of what makes a great fantasy romance. And yes. one of them that you listed, Paris, was the map. It's yes. got to have a map. It's got to have a map. <laughs> I'm trying to remember one. the Dora song that's like, map, map. Where's the map? <laughs> I just remember backpack. Backpack, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow, what a what a beautiful song. Like really Are you mocking me? Because I am just no. that's just a cover, okay? I'm I didn't write that shit. I would never mock you. Yes, you would. I absolutely would, but I'm not mocking you right now. Okay. Um but you were saying about the map, which this book has one. <laughs> it does have a map, which <laughs> is <laughs> That's the foundation. You gotta have a map, of you course. You have to have a map. But more, more, more over. Um, importantly? More importantly, it's a beautiful map. It's a yes. good looking map. It is a well illustrated map. Well illustrated. Um, but I will say, after having read the book, the map has flaws. Yeah. It doesn't contain the actual places that we went in the story. It doesn't contain all of them. It's a broad map of the world that they, you know, that we've seen in the past four books, but the main places in um, the night court and the mountains, like we need, I want exact points of like where this place is in the city and where this place is in the city. And, Mm -hmm. you know, where were they when they were doing this thing? Where were they when they were doing that thing? Those were not in the map. No, I I would have I would like to see in like my perfect version of a map for this book. In the I would have this this one that's here, this exact map. Mm-hmm. And then if you turn the page, there would be like a like a zoomed in um that is exactly, map of the night court. That is exactly what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. Because we spend so much time there, and there are so many little places that are mentioned that we don't really, I mean, you can kind of guess where they're at, but it would be nice to see them on a map, like just a map of the night court. Yeah, exactly. And like, yes, a close-up of the night court and Valeris and the Hume yes. City and the Illyrian Mountains, like so much happened. The main bulk of the story happens there, and I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I get taken out of it because I can't figure out where the fuck things are it'll be like she dashed over the bridge to the north side of the city and i'm like cool (laughs) what like but where's the river how does that how does that but the ocean is over here like i Mm -hmm. i felt distracted and frustrated because i couldn't accurately visualize what the fuck she's talking about because i don't have an accurate or thorough map yeah that was one of my qualms of, about the book, as I felt a little lost. I had general sense of what was going on, but really, like, I was just like, whatever, we're just going to have a weird dreamscape movie going on in my head while I'm <laughs> reading this, this action that's moving me around. Um, so that was, that was one of the things that I was kind of surprised about. Um, mm-hmm. Not surprised. I wasn't surprised. I was a little disappointed in that. Yeah. Um, but I was not disappointed in the sex. <laughs> there is a lot of graphic sex in this book. There is yeah. nasty, graphic, 
sex, lots of dirty talk and lots of fluids. Well, yeah. <laughs> I so Sarah J. Mass, Mass, sorry. Um, I want to start correcting myself on that. Sarah J. Okay. Mass, the Court of Thorns and Roses book is categorized under young adult, mm-hmm. um, and we've established before that young adult spans from like twelve years old to like twenty one years old. Yeah, um, wide broad range. This book is definitely on the higher end. This is not a book. For a 12 year old unless you're a yeah. freaky 12 year old but even then this is like this is like pretty it's very detailed i would say yeah so the first four books i believe are categorized as young adult fiction and that is not through sarah's choice that is through her publisher's choice mm-hmm. so a lot of people have like shamed her and shit on her about that and that is purely from like a publishing standpoint of where they could put the book with the, the hopes books. of having the best Success for the sure. books. Obviously, they want the shit to sell. That's why they bought it in the first place because they can make money off of it. And but this book, the fifth book, A Court of Silver Flames, is categorized as an adult erotic fiction novel. Yes. So this, and it is. <laughs> don't let your kids read this shit without explaining to them what the fuck is going on because this would be an intense first read or second read or third read. Um. For anyone under the age, I think, of, of 17. <laughs> yeah, I would say, 18. I would say like, knowing myself, it would, it would be, like, 16 and up. I think even, yeah, like, 15, this would have been a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would have enjoyed I, yeah. it, but um, I think <laughs> well, <laughs> from a parenting standpoint, you got to bump it up. <laughs> I remember I read Fifty Shades of Grey when I was 17, and I was, like, beside myself. So... I, yeah, I think that, that the, yeah, I would say 16 plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. So, you know, the non-spoiler, but just a, a warning, um, a PSA, a PSA, that there is a lot of just literally juicy sex. And like it's graphic. So awesome. It's yeah. so fucking awesome. Oh my god. It's like everything I fucking ever wanted. Uh, um <laughs> I knew. I knew this was gonna be your book. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh like god. I just Okay. You're getting me riled up. Okay. Yeah, if you're interested in hearing more about the graphic sex, you should listen to part two of this episode. Um, the next one, the next episode after this episode of Fantasy Time, because we are gonna we're gonna get in there. We are going to get into the <laughs> nitty gritty for sure. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed when I was reading this book was I mm-hmm. felt like I felt like Sarah's writing style is really starting to like solidify itself. In the mm-hmm. ways that she um, gives, like, uh, oh, God, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? In the way that she does exposition, and mm-hmm. she's, like, very, like, on the nose about some things uh, when explaining things. So I felt I felt there were some moments where I there was a little cringe for me, where I was like, <laughs> oh, man, god damn, that's so, 
oh. And not in, not just in that, like, some characters had awkward moments where they were, like, what was happening to the characters made me uncomfortable because I was like, no, no. But there were moments where just, like, the writing itself where someone is having, like, I think it was when, <clears throat> like, the emotions came out or, like, some swelling moment of victory. And it would be, I would just be like, oh, God damn it. This is so, so much. I don't <laughs> fuck. I don't know. Did you feel that way? Or is that just me? Do, do no, I No, have... I, I didn't feel that way at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's really interesting that you did feel that way. No, I, um, I mean, I think I can recognize that because there are some moments where the, like, um, like, moral of the story is mm-hmm. kind of pounded home. That's um, a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't disagree, so I, I was, you know, I was right along with it. Um, yeah, and I didn't disagree with it, but I was, it was more like, I think I was imagining if someone who wasn't familiar with the genre, who didn't like this author, who didn't know about this, read over my shoulder, and I, and they would be like, what the fuck are you reading? Like, it, I think it was when the more, like, YA fiction aspect came out when like you said the moral of the story is like being explained and mm-hmm. driven into that was when i was like oh fuck bring back the sex so i don't oh, feel so Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> so i mean there's maybe a place. maybe you should reflect on that do a little bit of introspection as Nesta does. Why I are, think I will have to. Why are you turning to the sex instead of looking at the moral of the story? <laughs> I told you, man, we are one, honestly. Me and Nesta, we're buddies <laughs> in that. Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, so that was like, that was my main, I think, quarrel with the book was those moments where I was like, I oh, I don't like the, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, did you have any moments where you, I mean, you said you enjoyed every yeah, second of this book. I, I really did. I love, um, I love the way that Sarah writes action scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are so gripping and it's like so hard to put it down when you're reading it. Um, yeah. There, it's not real. It's not a spoiler, um, but there is a scene that takes place in a bog, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way that Sarah has written that scene is so absolutely fucking horrifying, and like bone chilling, and it just puts you in Nesta's position, and it is it's terrifying. Like the creatures that she faces are so scary, and I think Sarah has this like just incredible way of describing these fey creatures that makes them so visible to me in my brain. Um, she's a great descriptive writer and yeah. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed her action scenes in this book. Like Nesta's a badass. Like Feyre yeah, is a, a badass. She's a bad bitch. Yeah, and we know, we know Feyre is a badass. Like we all know. But like Nesta, she does not fuck around. So, yeah, it, really rewarding action scenes, um, sexual and non-sexual for sure. <laughs> and I think I think maybe my thing with like her over explaining the morality of things like that is for me, like the shadow side of her ability where like I, I don't like 
that kind of on the nose explicitness when it comes mm-hmm. to like that stuff. But her, like you said, like her action, her um, like the depth in which I can see the thing that you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can, I, I think about it often, what I see in my head and how fucking spooky it was mm-hmm. or the ways that the, the fighting happens in this book. And yeah, she's a beautiful, graceful writer. And it's, those scenes feel very full. Yeah. They feel like um, meaty and full yeah. of, of stuff. Like you, you want to read them over again. Like be like, oh my God, give me that again one more time. Let me just start from the top yeah. and work back through what the fuck just happened. So I, I'm totally with you on that. Oh God. Yeah, so I think again. she's just a very, very talented author. Yeah. You mentioned Feyre being mm-hmm. a badass. Um, for Feyre and recent stands, um, if you came into this book expecting Feyre and Reason to just be the same that they done been, um, it's a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> they were a bit different in this book for me. Um, I thought I thought they were annoying as fuck. On purpose. I think they were supposed to be because it was coming from, from Nesta's perspective. Nesta's perspective, yeah. But I was like, God, these two suck. What? <laughs> you thought they sucked? Why? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, God, Farah, shut the fuck up. Like, I was so annoyed by Farah, and I was so angry with recent i was so <laughs> i was really on nesta's side i mean I, that's definitely because like a personal my personal connection to nesta and uh-huh. how i understand her um in my own reflection so it's you know if if someone is being difficult with nesta they're being difficult with me and i <laughs> felt i felt betrayed i was like reese i loved you so much i loved you so much and you're being an asshole right now. Being a dick. <laughs> That's so uh, funny that you felt that way. Because reading this book, I felt like her interactions with Feyre and Reese, and I was like, oh my god, Nesta, fucking knock it off. Figure your shit out. Work through your shit already. Like, they're trying to be your friends. <laughs> like, my god. So I had a very different standpoint. I think I, like, sided with Feyre and Reese way more than you yep. did. Yep, I know you did. I know you did. (laughs) I'm like, God, what's your fucking problem? Everyone is trying to help you. Just accept the help and move the fuck on. (laughs) And I was like, she is doing her best, okay? You need to give her space. You need to give her some more grace. Stop being such... You are being such an asshole right now. Of course you are antagonizing her. Of course she can't do what you want her to do right now. She is completely shut down from head to toe, my mans. I, yeah, and I was like, oh, Pharaoh, you goody two-shoes piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> fuck, man. Pharaoh, oh, she had no flaws. No flaws in this book. None. <laughs> it was so irritating. Ugh. Ugh. She has flaws Make in other sick. books, and she's not the main character of this one. <laughs> I know. I know. Makes me sick. It makes me sick. But I, yeah, I was, uh, I was a hate ass hater, <clears throat> for sure. No, it's okay. I totally see what you mean, and like, I, I felt like uh, Sarah does a great job at making the reader connect 
with Nesta throughout Nesta's story, like throughout her arc, because you don't really like her in the beginning, because you know you haven't yeah. liked her in previous books. But I felt differently about Nesta by the end of this book than I felt about her at the beginning. That's totally true, because you know if it were if it were a book about Lucian, everybody loves Lucian. He's you know, Do a we? cutie. I, I don't know. I feel like he's very. I feel like he's a likable character. As in, like yeah, people got... people have adored him. Yes, but he is also like women are weak, and I'm you know must protect Elaine because she is weak, and like Feyre can't do these things because she is a woman. Because he like in the beginning he like kind of sides with Tamlin on those things. And he's, like, working through it. He's trying to get better, and he doesn't always think that way. But it's kind of, like, his default. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think you and I see what we saw Tamlin a little differently. Mm -hmm. And I think think that extends to Lucian. Mm. So I think, but I I get what you're saying. And I, I think... I don't think that everybody loves Lucian. Obviously, you don't. But not that you hate him, but I'm saying, like, you don't adore him. I guess I'm saying that if, like, Nesta has had very, very few and far between opportunities to, like, be likable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had. She's Akamor. not, like, cracking jokes. She's no. not doing anything, like, fun in the She's other books. She's not, like, immaculately dressed and sexy she didn't have like the angsty mate thing going on with elaine and like you know like it was just nesta's an asshole she had one redeeming moment during the war and then she lost that and then she was a total dick last solstice like that is all we had to work with Mm -hmm. and so for sarah to so quickly turn it around to where like the reader is on her side Mm -hmm. um it felt good. Yeah. It felt good. I, I, I think I agree. It takes skill and thoughtfulness because I, I cannot imagine someone would like leave this book and still hate on Nesta. No, I feel completely different about her now. Because yeah. I think you, um, you get a lot of time to understand why she is the way she is in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought that Sarah did very well. And really, like you said, thoughtfully and well planned out i mean it just proves that she's a great writer because she plans like so far in advance um like in the live talk that we watched she said that she was writing this book while a court of was it mist and fury was being i think published? it was wings and ruin, wings and ruin. still yeah. that's a long time ago that's mm-hmm. so i can't wait to see what else she has in store for us because this was so yes. great and if she worked on this so long ago, she's probably been working on other things. So, Yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to see what everyone else is doing. Everyone else as in the characters, not yeah. what other people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about humans at this point, right? I just hate humans. Oh, I only want them. the fame. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, how many bookmarks out of five bookmarks would you give oh, this book? Man. To be honest, I have I have like three pages of typed notes, and half <laughs> of them are me actually like tearing the book apart. Oh, there no. were many no 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 there were many parts that I I felt like I think it was more my preference in writing style. For example, like when there were arguments between characters, there was a lot of mind reading. 
not even De Mati, like, like um, literal mind reading, but it was like the, the narrator knows, explains what's going on in the person's head, the person, one person's head, person A. Mm-hmm. And then person B says, don't give me that look because blah, 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 blah. And then explains what we had just read was going on in person A's head. And so it was like every argument, there was there was no room for misunderstanding. It was like on the nose every time, like, mm-hmm. don't look at me like that. I know what you're thinking. Here's what you're thinking and you're wrong. It was like, and I, I don't know, that just kind of annoyed me. Um, not annoyed me, but it, it felt, it felt too written. It like brought me out of it, I guess. Hmm. In a sense. And then um, there was also, I felt like, uh, I felt like in this book, and maybe it's because Nesta's damaged, and it's also because I know Sarah as an author does not like it. She does not like to kill her darlings. She does not like bad things to, like really bad things to happen to her characters, like actively while you're reading the book or towards the end. She likes happy endings. Like that is the thing. Mm -hmm. But I felt like, throughout the book, anytime something bad was going to happen, for the most part, bad things still happen, but like when bad things could have happened or made things worse, there was always like an ex machina moment of like, and they're saved and everything's fine and don't worry about it. And so like she cut the tension very quickly, which like felt good because I was like, oh, good. You know, this person's fine. But it was also like, but what if you let them suffer a little bit longer? Like, I felt like Farah, Farah went through the shit. She went through the gauntlet and then she fucking died, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah, in um, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. She, w- it was like starting out starving and poor. You get, you get fed, you get, you get a little schmoochin, and then you end up in a dungeon and then you get an infected wound, and then you have to make a bargain with this evil man, and then you have to, and then all the, uh, blah, 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 and then you fucking die. <laughs> and but then she's she redeemed. gets revived only to have a breakup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I felt like, I mean, Nesta's, she's already gone through so much, I get that, but the this book was so much about her fucking grinding it was about nesta doing things that were hard for her isn't that what you like though you love the grind that's like your thing i do i love the grind i absolutely do and i wish there had been more i guess like i wish like her grind was coming from like working out at the gym and it wasn't like i don't know anything anytime something like real 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 bad could have happened it was like i feel like she would have just waited a little bit longer to save to save me i don't know that but like i said that's just my nitpicky so all of that is to say i would still give this book five out of five fucking bookmarks (laughs) just because of the redeeming excellence that was the sex scenes and that was the overall arc and i mean for all of the shit that i give it i i mean just 
what a joy to read. Um, for, for as much as our ratings are based off of, um, you know, more technical stuff, capital B blacks and things like that. <laughs> um, I think at the heart of it, it's really about how much you enjoyed the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that we give lower ratings, we didn't enjoy as much. Like maybe things get knocked down a couple, you know, point some things because of, you know, a capital B black or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's really about how much you enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the fuck out of this book. It yeah. took me a week to read it for a reason because I was savoring it and I'm still going to reread it. Like, I know. <laughs> I know I'm about to reread it again. Yeah. Just so I can get to those favorite parts again. <laughs> that was a really long answer to your question, Paris. No, I'm glad that How many bookmarks... <laughs> How many bookmarks would you give it? Um, out of the whole series, it's, I don't know, I still feel like I like um, A Court of uh, Mist and Fury the best. I, I yeah. still feel like that book is my favorite book out of the whole series. You know, I'm a sucker for Feyre and recent. I love, oh, yeah. I love, I love Feyre. I love Feyre. And um, no. so I think their book that book, when you get to um, read about their love story, that is my favorite book. Um, mm-hmm. But I really liked this book, and I liked that it changed my perspective about Nesta. Um, oh, God, don't hate me when I say this. I I would give this book probably like a 4.9, 4. 4.87 maybe out of five bookmarks. And the reason why I ding it just a little bit is because I am not a huge sucker for the very, very specific graphic terms <laughs> used. I know that you love it and it was like super fun and gooey and, and but like sometimes I felt my face like grimace a little bit at like the words that were used during the <gasps> sex scenes. It was like a lot. It's a lot. This book is it's it's a lot. It's intense and it's it is an adult novel. And like that's what we talk about here. And like it was really fun to read, but some of it I was like, oh <laughs> like it just kind of comes at you. <laughs> this book was for sure like overtly sexual. <laughs> and, but I also I think that Mist and Fury was sexier. Yeah. It wasn't as um like like a, it wasn't as as blatantly a dick slap to your face as like this one yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> and that I I wanted that. And I you know dude like I I don't think I could choose between Mist and Fury and Silver Flames. And if you if you gun to my head made me I would pick I would pick Mist and Fury. Mm. Also, I would I give them the same rating because I enjoyed them both very very much Mm -hmm. um and i value and 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 enjoy and needed and wanted that explicit graphic stuff because like that's what i feel like i that's i wanted that in mist and fury i wanted dick ball slapping that was what i i wanted it so bad and it feels i i couldn't think of not giving this book five out of five just because it gave me yes. what I was looking I mean, for. And so I, I totally understand your point one three points taken off or I understand it and I do not judge you. Um, <laughs> this is a safe space. Yeah. I mean, like I, 
I thought this book was amazing and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like when I was at work, I was thinking about like some of the scenes and like, oh, it like, kind of makes you blush and stuff. But this book, I felt like I just, it, it like left me with like a mushroom stamp on my forehead, you know, like. <laughs> what? Uh, what? You Do you not know what that is? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, I'm complaining about graphic terms, and then I say mushroom stamp, and you don't know. You know, like how a penis kind of looks like maybe a mushroom head, um, like the top of it, like the head, and it has like that little slit. A mushroom stamp is when a guy slaps you in the face with his dick, and then it leaves like a mushroom outline, like the, the shape of the dick on, on your skin. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that before? I have never heard of that before <laughs> in Brady, my whole life. You know what a mushroom stamp is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> I'm not going to call Casper in here to ask him that because we have a whole other episode to record, but I will take your word for it. I've never experienced that phenomenon I mean, I before. Haven't That's either. never happened to me. I've... You have to hit someone in the face so hard. <laughs> You would have to get hit so hard. Everyone involved would be in agony. Yeah, I don't know if it's like in something that people do in actual practice, but I just I just know that term. It exists in my brain. Like I've heard it before. I've never heard of that <laughs> ever in my life. And I'm the dirty one. That's crazy. Well, you're welcome. You can add it to your arsenal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna. That's gonna be like my next. I don't know. Gamer tag or some mushroom shit. My stamp. next Gmail account is gonna be mushroom stamp. <laughs> that's disgusting. I know. I hate that. I know. Well, m- the term mushroom stamp obviously is not in the book, so you won't have to worry about that, no. kitties. Um, you just hear it here on Fantasy Time. Just here, just for you, just special <laughs> for you. So because of the so you you deduct um, uh, 0.13 points for courtesy of the mushroom stamp. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I think it, I it's I mean like very generous. Review. I really liked this book, and I I do not fault the book for the the you know like the mushroom stamp ping, but like mm-hmm. I um I think that like my personal preferences are not exactly what um, is described in this book, <laughs> I yeah. in yeah. regards to the sexy scenes. Yeah, and maybe I, I don't know, I feel like I match you on that, I, on that rating. Because I, I think I more rate it five out of five out of principle. I'm, <laughs> God, I'm so fucking like Nesta. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, this <laughs> is my book, and I, it's perfect in every way. And there's no fault in it because that, even though I wrote a whole page on how I was annoyed by these certain things <laughs> that I will not talk about until the next episode where we can discuss spoilers, but mm, it's going to be five out of five. Like I, I feel like, yeah, it was a, like a 4.8, 4.87. That's fair. That's <laughs> totally fair and generous. I don't think anyone will feel deterred by that 0.13. Well, thanks. And I <laughs> encourage everyone to fucking read every book that we've ever read and figure it out for yourself because you could have a totally different experience of it. And that's all that matters, right, Paris? That's right. What, your fantasy time is your it's fantasy time. Your fantasy time. That's, <laughs> that's what it's about, baby. And so for me, getting these, you know, these hard, hard candy and hard dicks. 
That's what it's about. That's what it's about. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Time. If you're interested in listening to the graphic episode of Fantasy Time that we're going to discuss next, tune in to the next episode of Fantasy Time um, <laughs> after this one. Um, also, you should follow us on Instagram. Or, and when you do, send us DMs on Instagram. Yeah. Or email us at fantasytimepodcast at gmail.com. Correct. Follow us on Instagram at Fantasy Time Podcast. Yeah, uh, we post uh, <laughs> once a week. <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> that's what we do. And sometimes when we find fan art that we like, we put it on our story. <laughs> that's true. We do that. And um, yeah, we do respond. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Leave us a review. Leave us a nice review, please, because we're little and small and every review counts. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. We will see you next time when we talk about big, fat schlongs. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Okay, bye, please. Okay, bye. Brady, you know what a mushroom stamp is, right? Yeah. Yeah, he knows. <laughs>